Just prove it. Those are not the words used by Pep Guardiola or a slogan for Nike, but that I think sums up the sentiment in the world of football for this week. Man City officially been crowned the Premier League champions under a massive cloud of controversy or 115 financial irregularity charges laid against them. But, you know, we don't talk about that because, you know, apparently the guy who's leading the commission is an Arsenal fan, so he's biased. And Guardiola wants them to get this resolved ASAP, although his club did also just sued the Premier League to get the whole thing thrown out because the guy in charge is an Arsenal fan. So maybe he should speak to his club and find out what they really want before he comes to the press and just kind of confuses us with nonsense. But anyway, we are back with another episode of One Kick from Glory. I'm joined as always by Craig, yeah. Matthew oh. and Marcus. Hey. And this is a big one. We've got a lot of very interesting things to talk about and some really serious topics. Obviously, no joking aside, with Man City, it's a bit pathetic and um, disgusting, really. And it really just call into, calls into account the sporting integrity of the Premier League, considering I saw in Sky Sports this past weekend, people were praising Man City for their financial frugality in the transfer window and how little they'd actually spent. Um, let me just remind you all that Calvin Phillips played his started his first match on the weekend in their victory lap against Chelsea. Yep, yep. yep. He costs £50 million. Pounds. £50 million pounds to sit on the bench and do jackal for a whole season. But, you know, frugality... I want to start with you, Mark, on this topic because we've got a lot to get through. There's going to be some really heavy stuff to get into as well. But um, on the lightness of this, we've all had gone up against, well, we've, for the first time in Arsenal, have gone head to head, head to, or toe to toe with Man City in the title race. And it was quite an interesting experience. One that I'm looking forward to for next season. Um, and Premier League, like I said last week, you know, no rush. There's still time. We've got one more, one more game week to go. Um, if ever you wanted to kind of, you know, give us an update, Greatly appreciated, <laughs> as you won't. Um, what's your view on Man City as a whole in light of their latest victory and, of course, the, the nasty, smelly cloud that surrounds everything they do? Um, yeah, for, congratulations to, to Man City on winning, yet again, the, the Premier League title. From a footballing perspective, they are a fantastic football team. Um, and, you know, we... we at least admire from a footballing perspective some of what they do. Pep Guardiola is obviously a genius and, and his success in England is phenomenal. Um, now, you know, yeah, the cloud that is, you know, all the financial irregularities that have taken place is problematic. Um, and and I, I think we can only, from a footballing perspective, want to see the result of that be the, the the truth comes to light and that there is enough of a consequence for whatever then that truth is that comes to light um you know being punished but you know look i think we've it's in the pattern with big clubs that aren't in italy um that are able to get away with um this type of stuff you know i think there's there's been similar questions asked of psg at different times um over the years and you know somehow uh, a little slap on the wrist you know 15 million pound fine will do the job to to clear out them problems. Um, I, I think Man City are going to have to face up to this, but it's just going to be a matter of time as to as to when. Um, and, you know, there's nothing to suggest that that's going to be any time soon. Yeah, it does feel like it's going to be a long, long time coming. Um, over to you, Matthew. As, as a fellow um, supporter of a club that has had some dubious financial in, uh, you know, investment over the years, um, especially considering the fact that your previous owner, who was so great, cannot run a club in the UK for a little while longer. But how do you feel about Man City in general? Um, well, it's a difference what, like, a few weeks can make. Like, beforehand, they were, they were just going on for the league. They were challenging. They were quite far behind you at one point. I think they were as far as eight points with yeah. level games. Mm -hmm. And it almost seemed like they all had all the work to do and... You know, we forget sometimes that this is the position they like to be in. They did it with you, they did it with Liverpool. So, you know, the the, the comeback was going to come. We just didn't know how and, and what capacity. But it's such a, it it's that big cloud ain't going nowhere until at least until the last few game, last games coming up this weekend. So it's just like, well, I'm, I don't care really. I don't care that they want it again. I mean, it's what, five out of six. The thing is that we storm it, but let's be real, like, 
they, they didn't exactly hand it over. You know, they fought their way to the last day. They're probably going to be on their way to a treble as well. And, you know, what the players do and what he's done, the backroom staff to get to all these players and playing to this level and Harlan breaking records is all great. But let's be brutally honest with ourselves. As much as we respect it, do we love it? Do we love the fact that they have won this league? You know, especially in this season, the way that they've done it. You know, with what, 115 sanctions, 115 sanctions. That's yeah. a, that's a, I mean, for those of you who can't count, that's a lot, man. That is a lot. So it kind of just puts a bit of a, I don't know. It's just, I, I think in the Premier League, I don't think you're supposed to love, it, especially if it's a rival team. You're not necessarily meant to love the team that go ahead and win it when it's not yours. But there has to be a case of like, you know what, this was your year. You were miles ahead. You know, you've done it fair and square. And that's the thing is fair and square. It's just that that seems a bit, you know, dishonest to say after knowing what's, after what's, what's come out, you know, but it's just like, I don't, and I don't like feeling like that. I mean, if you won it, I would have been like, wow, look at that. But here it's just like, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Some of those players must be bored doing the jump after five, five years, maybe. Same thing, jumping. I was watching them do their celebrations, and some of them were like barely moving. If, if they're if they're bored celebrating winning the Premier League, then they should give that trophy back. I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare you? For my so, personal some of, our, some of our clubs have sweated. Liverpool, you, you've gone toe to toe, hammer and nail, fighting those cheating. Mm. Allegedly, <laughs> sorry, allegedly cheating club all the way, and yet, like you know. Listen, they better learn some enthusiasm. Let's, if they do get yes. the thread treble, I want to see... Some, well, I mean, I don't want to see it, but you know what I mean? Like, hey, but, I mean, look at what, like, in the last seven or eight years, you know, if it wasn't them, it was Leicester, and it was Chelsea, and then it was Liverpool. That's only three different clubs that's not them winning the league. And they've been in the title picture since, what, 2012? Fair. That's bonkers, man. It's crazy. Yes. For you, Craig, do you think that all of this news is going to ultimately, because again, we're still waiting for the results to come out. And if it takes two years and they're found not guilty or guilty, well, I mean, because bearing in mind, they have got pending charges on UEFA, mm. which they managed to stall their way out of it. And that's the reason why they weren't actually charged through, through non-compliance. And there was, there was a time limit on how long those charges were valid for, mm. because they delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed the charges well, became null and void through time. They were never actually found not guilty, mm. you know, um, it's kind of similar to another case in football this past year, but we won't get into that. But for you, how do you um, what's how do you feel about this whole saga? And do you think that it's going to ultimately taint this season if they go end up winning the treble? If they cheated, yes, because like Arsenal weren't fought, fought two for nil to, to challenge them, and if, and if it wasn't on a level play, level playing field and a financial irregularity. Ig- yeah, regularities, yeah. And and they did that and, and they got and they get away with it or they don't get away with it, then they then they should they should have done this quicker. If they if Ivan Tony can be found guilty of whatever he happened and they've done yeah. that straight away, why can't they charge Man City and get the case sold instantly and so we can know the, the whole situation? Do you know what's interesting about the Ivan Tony Tony ban? Because I was looking into this recently because I was quite curious. You know, he didn't bet on any of the matches he played in. Hmm? He didn't bet on any games he was actually involved in. Oh. So it kind of makes you take a step back. And even like Gareth Southgate today was making comments to say about, you know, for the England squad, you know, obviously um, Tony's not going to be out for a long time and it it wouldn't be wrong to abandon the player. We want to help support his rehabilitation. I'm sorry, Southgate. You didn't pick him for the World Cup because of rumours of this ban. And now you want to come out and be that I'm going to support the guy. You, You had a, and you had a very good, reason to pick him and you chose not to and now you want to try and shift the narrative because he's been charged now you want to like the good guy nah i'm not having it i'm not having it that that's just that's just ridiculous don't don't try now be the hero you dropped him with no good cause because he wasn't charged there was just speculation over of the situation he was not charged it was nothing was announced at that point in time you didn't you didn't call him up and he was one of the best strikes in the league at that point in time you didn't call him up and now you want to be the hero Get out of here, man. Sick of people like that. Get out of here. This is ridiculous. But you're right. He does need support for his rehabilitation, but don't try to be the hero now. Because you can say all this now in public. When it comes around to January, February, March, oh, I can't pick him. He hasn't played much football. Oh, you know, he's out of form. Our other players are playing better. We know the game. Just just be honest. We know the game. Don't try and be a hero. But um, like you said, 
comparative points. They threw the book really quickly at Tony. And yet when it comes to this situation, it's just going to drag on. I mean, just a good point of comparison. I want to first to you, um, Mark, is that Juventus in Italy, January, they were banned or docked 14 points. They appealed it, got overturned in April. And then fast forward to this past week or last weekend, um, it got reinstated, 10 point ban, they're out of Europe. And that is a great news for all of us uh, Arsenal fans, because now we're going to be in pot two and not pot three. So, hey, justice finally served. <laughs> one down, one to go. But do you feel like the Premier League need to really take a long, hard look at what Italy have been able to do? Because we, we've known about Juventus have had some issues in the past mm-hmm. and been found guilty. But in this occasion, obviously, they had enough evidence to find them guilty. And this was over payments in lockdown when they were supposed to give players, players were supposed to take a wage cut. Turns out they did that publicly, but were still paying them their full wages privately, which is but the whole league agreed to, to take a pay cut and they didn't. But how do you feel like the Premier League should take lessons from this Juventus situation? Yeah, well, they, they, they dealt with it and they dealt with it a lot quicker. Um, and you know, I, 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 I wouldn't pride myself on taking advice from Italy and, and the way that they handle anything. Like if I'm being totally honest, like, especially from a footballing perspective, they're probably the most racist footballing country out there. And, you know, a, a big bulk of what they do is corrupt. So, you know, whether it be Juventus or other teams, um, corruption runs through that league and has run through that league for a significant period of time. Um, you know, so, yeah, but I, I think, you know, if there's anything that can be taken on board, it's, it's, it's speeding up this process. It's not, it's not in the interest of Man City, I don't think, or Man City fans to have this lingering over them. I, I know they get to win another title, but at the end of the day, like, you know, it's always going to be in the shadow of this thing lingering over them. Mm. Um, and it's definitely not in the interest of the rest of the Premier League. So off in this off season, if they would be able to get, you know, through the process and get something sorted, it would be in the best interest of everybody that Man City start the next season with 20 points deducted, um, mm. you know, but it's so highly unlikely, um, you know, and, and I would expect it to drag out for a lot longer. 20, 20 points, a transfer ban, and they have to start at least two academy players every week. <laughs> I think that we can agree with that, can't we, across the board? Not a bad idea. What do you think, Craig? Like I that. agree with that one. That'd be, be fun. That'll be fun. I think that's what it should be. be so and, oh, and, and, and Guardiola can't leave. Let's see how good you really are now. <laughs> um, glad you raised the, the point about racism in, in Italy. Obviously, um, it's been an interesting year. I find that whenever we have to talk about race and race and racism in football, it just always feels a bit reductive especially when you compare and contrast it with the global outrage of the Super League. Sky Sports took off their geolocation blocking. Everyone could watch it. They had multiple Monday night football specials about why this is going to destroy the game and how this is not competitive and it's not fair. But we've seen, as is often the case with games occasionally played in Spain, where they they have an issue with um, uh, black players and, and how they deal with what they might call banter. Now, I know in England, we're not all saints and we have our issues. But at least, at least we can we can fairly say that it is the, the the vocal minority in England that are very obviously racist. We know there are some clubs that have dodgy fan bases, and some clubs have issues with players and fans entering onto trains. But putting that to one side, we've kind of got it a bit better. We're not perfect, but we're better than them by a long way. We still got ways to go, but we're not as bad as them. But Vinicius Junior came out. This week and throughout this whole season, it's been really fascinating watching one of the best players in world football right now comfortably get repeatedly treated differently, not just by opposition fans, but by the players as well. And also, of course, by the, the officials. There's been multiple games this season where he's gotten yellow and red cards for offences where he has been fouled. There's been times when players have been over-aggressive in how they tried to tackle him and they've kicked the crap out of him, to be honest. And it all came to a head in against Valencia at the weekend where, um, you know, there, there were sections of the crowd who were shouting out, um, they were calling him a monkey. Some people said they were saying idiot because the, the, the phrase, you know, they say it sounds similar, but listen, we saw the video and I'm glad he put together a little nice little tape to give everyone the evidence, which was, ironically was from the perspective of those same fans that were abusing them. So he found his team found clips of fans that were abusing him from their own perspective, which they filmed on themselves. Snuff self snitching like a bunch of idiots, 
But I'm glad because we need to know who you are so we can shame you. <laughs> Don't hide in the shadows. Say it with chest. Um, showing them calling her a monkey, effectively. And that, to be honest, there's such a really strange... Uh, environment in football where we have all these campaigns. Premier League, we have Say No to Racism. We took the knee after George Floyd. We had the Black Lives Matter um, uh, banners plastered everywhere. And And on the shirts as well. And on the shirts, which was very divisive to some people. And they explained it's not about the movement. It's about these causes and these things. Some people didn't want to believe it. But ultimately with football, they are very happy to bring out a slogan, but they're very, very slow to actually do anything meaningful. Um, But with this whole saga, I want to start with you, I'm going to go to everyone, but I want to start with you, Matthew. Like, when you saw this whole thing playing out, and it's obviously still ongoing because it's not resolved yet, but, like, how do you feel and what's, like, the the thoughts that's, like, going through your head and mind when you see this happening again in football? You know what, you know what the funny thing is? I want to go back to the Super League just very quickly because I think when this all went all around, Patrick Bamford said something very interesting. He said that we agreed that the whole Super League thing was bad, but when it comes to things like race... It's just like we can't all get on the same page. And look how quickly we jumped onto it. Mm. So you think something like race, we jump on whole quicker. Like you said, we're all about it. We're all jumping on slogans, doing this, doing that, kick it out, BLM, take the knee, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately it means nothing. But what got me about the whole Vinny thing is just how the other ones reacted. Like I think the Valencia manager or something or the chairman of yeah. La Liga, I'm listening on the radio and the reactions are just so baffling. So it was like, it's kind of, if I'm, my Spanish ain't good, but it sounds like you're blaming him for the problem. Like apparently he didn't turn up to the meetings, which to be fair, with those results, I can see why. And it's like, you're saying that he's got one with the problem. Now, according to Sky Sports, he's since apologised, but it's just like, you didn't even take the time to take it all seriously. You know, he's been, it's been happening on multiple occasions. He's been clattered by different parts of, you know, you know, the fan base and, you know, they're openly vocal about it. They're not apologetic. You go to different parts of the world, right? And they're openly happy to be this way, you know, where they'll happily not have any like black or minority players playing in their country. That's not even in their country. They don't want them there. You know, England, Bulgaria, stand up and stand up, that kind of thing. And what goes through my mind and how I feel about it is this, the same thing that everyone says. Nothing concrete ever happens because... You cut one off, you take one off, one bigot's head, two or three more will come in their place. So you've got to try and discourage them. You know, that's always been the way I see like the how modern football, one advantage of modern football is that they're trying to central out those kind of like hateful, hateful ideologies from these players to kind of push them out and encourage a new, more accepting, more, you know, more like just, just good vibes sort of place for football. And it just, it, it, it just staggers me that nothing has been put in that's concrete. Like, you know, maybe, you know, inconvenience the clubs if need be. Why not inconvenience them? Go, go around the way. The same way you've inconvenienced Ivan Tony for something a bit, you know, for what he done. The same way you've inconvenienced um, Mitrovic for something that he done what that was wrong. Inconvenience mm-hmm. the clubs in such a way that, you know, they're your fans. You have them in every day in, day out. You do something about it. Because I guarantee... Here's hoping the majority of the fans there are not like that. And they probably don't want those people there, but there's nothing they can do necessarily to stop them. Inconvenience the clubs a little bit more and stop them from coming in. You know, play only have away fans, close sections, you know, do something, have the players walk off and be like, that's it. We're not playing the game anymore, but do something that's going to nail it home across La Liga. So we don't say stupid things like, oh, it's his fault to then apologize for saying what you said. Do something that's actually going to make them change. You know, do really properly inconvenience these guys. Hurt them in the, like, hurt them somehow, you know? Yeah, I, I think they need to do something more substantive, but obviously they're not going to because that is going to affect them. It's going to call them to account then to actually follow through on it every single time again. For you, Craig, when you saw, you've seen how this whole thing's developing, obviously there's been lots of people pointing fingers at, <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh about it, but they're talking about you know, Benzema because he's not really been that vocal. And some people have said, you know, if Sergio Ramos was at Real Madrid still, this would have never happened. The players would have been off the pitch. Someone even said that, oh, if, if someone insulted Tupac, then Benzema would have been on Instagram all day, every day, <laughs> <laughs> dropping posts like nobody's business. But like, but on a serious note, when you look at this whole situation, like, and I like the fact that Real Madrid have, st- st- you know, taken it to court and they said, we're not going to stand for this anymore. But what more do you think needs to be done now in the world of football to actually tackle mm. the issue of racism? 
Well, it's not just Spain. Spain's not the only country that's got problems with racism in football. There's lots of other countries. Like when um, when Rangers went to play another team in, was it? Um, so, somewhere in Eastern Europe, they went to play a match and, mm. their, and their black players got racially abused. And and the player got, I think the player got sent off for it or something like that. He got sent off or complained. Is that the Glenn, Glenn Kamara situation? Glenn Kamara, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember Glenn Kamara, yeah. yeah. yeah and like, and I, when you look at it, like, they, they need to do more. Like, we're in the 21st century. We're not like in the... When the football was only there were no black players in, well black players were in football back in the day and they were getting ready like John Barnes for example players like um well Cyril Regis players that were getting racially abused and all Walter that Palmer Cotton, all these good players great players Ian Wright all these great players are going through it now we live in society now where it's a multicultural society now so all this nonsense of racism prejudice and all that needs to stop because we don't live like in a one nation country we live in a one a multicultural world. And everyone should learn to get along with one another and leave that stuff, just leave it, just, just dead it. If you know what I mean? Like, and with Vinicius, like, the way how they, the way how I see it going on, it's like they're forcing him out of the league. So sooner or later, you might say, you know what, I don't want to play in that league anymore, I want to leave. So it could get to that if it continues. It could get to that. And they will lose a star player and he will go to another club or go to another league and he will excel even more. And, it's, and why should he be the one that has to leave because of what these idiot people are doing? It shouldn't be like that. It should be like, he should be able to feel comfortable wherever he plays. If he plays at home, plays away. I know if he plays at rival clubs, they're going to get, they're going to give him like boo him or whatever, but it doesn't deserve to be racially abused. Nobody deserves to be racially abused in work, society, wherever you go. You should not be racially abused in anywhere. So I feel that La Liga needs to do more. If La Liga don't want to do more, maybe FIFA or UEFA needs to do more. Maybe ban clubs from Europe for racially abusing players. Something just bringing something to stop all this nonsense because to me it's nonsense. It's horrible, disgusting, and it's nonsense. I agree with you, but look, expecting FIFA and UEFA to do anything about this? Come on, I mean seriously, they they, they have bigger problems to deal with, like you know, trying to not get caught being corrupt. Yeah. I mean, even, even the, no, but let's be honest. Yeah. Look, look at the fiasco over the Women's World Cup coming up this summer. Well, it might not even be on TV because TV rights money is not enough. Are you are you being serious? How is this now being like an issue with you? Like Gianni Infantino, you are a fraud. You need to sort yourself out. I'm so like disappointed in you because you came like you're, you're going to be the, the cleanup man. You're different to set Blatter. You're, you're virtuous. You're moralist. You're worse than Blatter. At least with Blatter, he delivered on his promises and he gave us stuff. Promised an African World Cup. Yes, he got heavily compensated, but he delivered it. Blatter delivered. Yes, he was a crook, but man came through and delivered. Infantino, you're just a crook. <laughs> That's it. But going back on this topic, because one of the things that I've been finding really interesting in like the responses, because obviously players from Valencia have come out and made their own statements. Obviously, there's been people that have been, one of the things that I've found is like a presiding kind of commentary is that the statement, not all fans, or the state, you know, refrain in that, um, you know, it's not fair to, to like tarnish everyone with that or something. It's only a small minority. It's like it was only because only three three fans actually got found and arrested from the Valencia game. Three fans. I've listened to the video. I've heard the audio. That was more than three people. If that's three people, then wow, they all need to be they need to be hired and be put into theatre because if three people can generate that much noise, I'm impressed. <laughs> Me, I'm impressed. But for you, Mark, where do you think this? Whenever it comes down to to, to challenging racism, why do you think people are so comfortable? with that pushback oh it's not all of us it's just the minorities it's, it's not like why is that always the go-to why can't people just accept that there's a problem that he's fixing rather than feeling like people are blaming them for highlighting said problem yeah like i think the the thing that's rather alarming about the vinnie junior accusations are that it's his fault for being a creative flair player and and it's like, right, okay, I get it. I finally understand how football works. If I'm able to put the ball through your legs, you're allowed to call me a monkey. I get it. That, that, cool, right? Like, you know, that, 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 that's acceptable all of a sudden. Um, and, and it's just absolutely ridiculous that in any way, even if he plays with an edge, that, that then justifies racial abuse. Uh, I, I think that's quite, mm. and that's quite an uncomfortable stance to take and then you know the the, the president of La, La Liga can can go screw himself if if I mean totally honest mm, he yeah. doesn't deserve a mic he doesn't deserve a platform he doesn't deserve to be in a position where he's entitled to be speaking about anything um 
it, it's just utterly ridiculous that they can take this. Well, we're not a racist country. Well, no one said specifically that you was a racist country. We said that you racially abused a football player in a stadium and all of a sudden you jump to you're not a racist country. Well, that's quite telling, right? Like, you know, like if, if somebody says like, you know, something about me specifically and my natural defense mechanism is to defend my entire self, my entire family and everyone around me. It's like, yeah, well, you guys probably have something going on if you feel the need to be that defensive um, about these particular situations. And look, it's not everyone, but it's enough, right? It's enough of the people and, and it's acceptable enough. Like the, 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 these patterns, whether, whether it be Italy, whether it be Spain, whether it be France, of players being racially abused and then being sent off for their reaction and then them rescinding the ban a day later, like they've done something great. Like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll rescind the ban, guys. Like, you know, we'll do you a favor. You can play at the weekend. Like, I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? Um, look, I think that the simple, the simple, you know, it happened with Neymar. It happened with Lukaku. It happened with Vinicius. And Bappe said he nearly quit the French team because of racial abuse. Mm. Richarlison, who I'm not a big fan of, got a banana thrown at him. Danny Alves had a banana thrown at him. Like, Mane, Trent, and Keita received racist abuse in 2021. Like, these are like, is there an elite footballer that's not white that hasn't received racist abuse in the last three years? Probably not. Like, literally all the elite footballers. So are you going to say all of them bring it on by, you know, the way they play? Like, is it all of them's fault? Like, I think that at the core, the solution is for these football players not to stay on the football pitch once it happens. Like, it's just game over. You racially abuse me, you no longer get to watch football, which is what you paid to come. I'm leaving, and everybody else should leave with them. And eventually, the reality is, when it happens, and big enough people and enough people do it, they won't punish the entire team, right? If if if, if Real Madrid packed their bags at 83 minutes, 1-0 down in that game, and... Vinny left the pitch, all 10 Real Madrid players left the pitch, Carlo Ancelotti left, went to the press conference, said, I'm not talking about football, we're not doing football anymore, you need to fix the problem, they'd fix the problem. But they don't have an incentive to fix the problem, and until there's an incentive for them to fix the problem, the problem won't be fixed. I agree on that, and I really want to touch on that incentive point. Actually, two things, because Ancelotti mentioned this, he told the referee... I can, you know, because there's a protocol in Spain in place where if there is any race, racist um, chanting in the stands, the referee is allowed to stop the game. He told the referee, I can hear racism. The referee was like, well, okay, well, we're going to stop the match and look into it. Oh, yeah. Did he stop the match? No. He probably, he probably went, hey, yeah, what's up? Um, yo, just turn the mics down. I just <laughs> can't hear anything. No, not, he's not saying monkey. He's saying idiot. It's it's you know mono and the other word. It's very similar sounding. So you know, crazy. But here's here's the kicker for me. And I like what you said, Mark, about there not being an incentive. Nike. We know a couple of years ago, Nike had the campaign. I think it was a, I don't know what it was. Stand up against racism with the black and white mm-hmm, um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, wristband thing. I remember those. A really cool campaign. Really nice wristband. Here's the thing. Don't want to hear it. Don't want it this time. Don't care for it. Keep your campaign and chuck it in the bin for two reasons. First reason, you want you want to front a campaign of Vinicius Junior, who has been racially abused. You want to put him front and center around the world as the poster boy against racism, like he's the football's Colin Kaepernick. But here's the problem with that: at the World Cup, you didn't even give him your latest boots. He literally had to wear last season's boots because you had an issue with the player. But now all of a sudden, because it's a chance to have a little marketing campaign, a little, hey, we're Nike, we're progressive. You want to front him, you know, as, as the face of it. Here's what should happen. EA Sports, since you've now had this exclusive license at La Liga, Nike, I mean, you're not really, the, you're not the competition sponsor anymore, but you sponsor a lot of clubs in, in La Liga. Puma, you are the competition sponsor. You give them the football boots, football balls, rather, the balls that are used every week. Here's my proposal to you all. Make an announcement this weekend and say, if there's any incidents of racism in any of the games, we will no longer supply your clubs with kits, balls, and we will cut that sponsorship deal immediately. Hit them. No, honestly, take the money away. Mm. Hit them. Like, let's do something that actually really matters. Like, don't be doing these empty statements. Oh, you know, we'll do a little campaign. We'll film some nice videos. Cut the money. EA Sports, you've paid a lot of money for this exclusive deal with... with, um, La Liga to be the exclusive broadcaster. You're going to have it featured prominently in a new video game. I don't care about that right now. 
if you really are about equality and you had this whole thing on Ultimate Team the other week where you had like this um, diversity and inclusion kits where people could download it. If you really care, if you really, really care, and it's not just about money, do something serious and substantive. Like literally cut them off and say, look, if there's one more incident and you don't actually deal with it properly, like you have a racism protocol and you, you, should, you hear chanting and you don't stop the match. If you, if you don't follow through on this, this contract is done. I don't know how much it's going to cost you as a penalty, but who cares? You guys are rich enough anyway. If you, you know, you make billions and billions of pounds off ultimate team, you can afford it. Take a hit on this thing and make an actual stance. Because if not, who cares about any of these slogans? Me personally, I don't want to see any kick it out thing in the Premier League anymore. I don't want to see any more knees. I don't want to see any black armbands, this, that, and the other. I don't want to see any of it. I don't want, I don't care. Because it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything. It's not making a difference to anyone's lives. All it's doing is making you feel better because you've done your little thing your little slogan, everyone can get behind it. Same when we had the whole Black Squares thing on Twitter. Mm. Yeah, we can just post it for a week. And then two years later, oh, look at that. Oh, creatives want opportunities in the industry. They can't get them. So we don't want to hear it. But on that note, um, Matthew, hitting them where it hurts most, the financials, what would you do, in addition to what I've said, to really make these clubs do something substantial about their supporters. You can't keep saying it's a, it's a minority, it's a minority, it's a minority. It was, that was too loud. Too, three people can't make three that. People, the Vinicius thing as well, the, the effigy that was hung up, I think it was Lesko Madrid fans before the mm. derby at the bridge. They finally arrested the guys who did it. I think it was three or four guys that got arrested. It's been four or five months since that game, but now they've arrested them. So you're telling me this whole time you could have found them, but you chose not to. It's stuff like that. Mm. It's stuff like that that just makes your blood boil. It's like, you don't really care, but you're doing it now because, and credit to Brazil, the Brazilian president and Brazilian FA said, look, we have a rule in our, in our constitution that says if any of our Brazilians get, um, you know, anything happens to any of our citizens overseas, we can prosecute on their behalf. And they said to Spain, fix up or we're coming in. Yeah. Big man, that's what you do. Put the pressure on and guess what happened? The, state, the FA started moving. That's why the, the president of the La Liga changed his tone and said, oh, I apologise. Because he knew his job was in threat. The VAR from the, yeah. the game, the Vinicius got sent off. They've all been sacked. <laughs> Don't play, man. Don't play. But, but, Don't the, but, play. That, but that pressure came from the Brazilian government. If the Brazilian government had not done that, this outcome would not have happened. Because mm. they, they, they could cut off Spain for trade. See? You hit them with the money, isn't it? Immediately, oh, we've got solutions now. Yeah. What would you do, Matt? Yeah, just keep hitting the pockets. That's what they ultimately, what we've learned about football and sports and a lot of these things is they all care about is the money. That's, you know, the money is so precious to them anyway, Never, um, probably more so now. Just keep hurting them about the one thing that they really, really care about in the pockets. You know, and people, you know, maybe just stop watching... Just, I mean, not, not, I don't watch it anywhere. Probably not a lot of people don't as well, but just stop watching La Liga as well. Don't be, be the one to be like, I'm not going to support it by keep on watching it, giving them my time and potentially my money for a league that's refusing to show any kind of innocence that they want to change. So stop watching, hurt them. For, like you said, just hurt them in them, hurt them in the pockets. This is very much a similar feeling. Like whenever you said before, how it was like, he's a flair player, he's... You know, he's not very well looked after. He's mm. he's young, he's talented, a young black, you know, young black player. This reminds me of someone that I, I know very well over here. That's Wambakayo Saka. Very similar instances, what happened yep. to him. And uh, the, the Euros in 2021. Um, and the, the outrage was very, very similar. I don't know exactly what happened to the people that said all the things because it was literally so many people from so many phones and keyboards thing, feeling that they're brave. Um, learn from the mistakes that, so learn from the mistakes that, weren't you know that on our part that we didn't learn from Vinicius you can learn from there the last thing we want to be denied is another young talent like the like the pair of them you know they've got the years ahead of them they're only going to get better and win mm. so many trophies and go on to great things let's not let something like ignorance bigotry and racism and all that kind of stuff take away from what we want to see and that's them on the pitch doing what they do best you know what just hurt like you said hit them right in the pockets hit them there when it's really going to you know like I said, you no. Know, everybody's got a price. You know, money, if pro money changes people. You know, their priorities change when they talk about they start talking about their cash. So just keep on hitting them in their hurts until eventually. Oh, we do. So we do have a solution. It's a bit like when you want to leave a job and goes, oh, actually, you can have this. You can have that. So why don't you just do it? Just do it. That's the thing. When when you start making the right noise, people seem to find solutions very quickly. On first you, Craig. Valencia got fined. I think it's about forty thousand euros for the whole incident just that and they've mm. got um one of the stands has been partially closed so just you know so they lose you lose a bit of revenue here 
but not a lot. But I mean, forty thousand. I, 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 I mean, how much did Bentner get fined when he wore the boxers with the Paddy Power? Was it fifty six thousand or something like that, or hundred thousand? That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. So like, again, it doesn't weigh up. It just it doesn't really weigh up, does it? No. And and it's, it's, to me, it's just like this is endemic of the bigger picture. Even when they try to do the right thing, they fail. Mm. <laughs> like. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, there, there needs to be a serious look into what it is with certain people in certain European cultures that have an issue with people that look like me and you. They need to sort themselves out because we ain't going nowhere. So deal with it. And if you don't like it, you, you have an option. And on, on a computer keyboard, there's a popular shortcut that everyone knows, which is very effective for getting rid of stuff. Just utilize it. I'm not going to say what it is for legal reasons, but you know what to do. But for you, Craig, like, what do you think about even that response from La Liga? And how do you think this whole saga is going to play out over the next couple of days and weeks? I think I think the, the fine was weak. It's a weak fine. Not, it's not they 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 they'll, they'll slap me on the wrist. They'll say they'll apologize. Valencia will pay the fine. They'll apologize. It won't happen again. Then a couple of weeks later, next season again, if something incident will happen again. Another player, another black player, it will happen again. They'll make up. Oh, we're not we're not this. We're not that. Then there needs there needs to be more done. There's not enough more done. Not just yeah, in. Okay. Not just in Spain, all over, like all these other countries that there's not minority of black people living there. It's not, not of it. Wasn't there a situation a few years ago? Was it Balotelli was playing a match and they tried to walk yeah. on the pitch? And yeah, then, he did. And, yeah. and, and, and his teammates were forcing him back on, he, didn't he, they? I think there was one time he got sent off. Didn't he get sent off for walking yeah, on the pitch? Yeah, but I remember there was one game his teammates forced him back on the pitch. Yeah, it was, in Italy. Was, yeah, it was in Italy. Yeah. It was in Italy, yeah. Like, even stuff like that, man. Like, come on, do better. Like, He was playing for Brescia. Brescia? Yeah, Brescia. Brescia, yeah. Brescia. He was playing for Brescia and the fans were racially abusing him and then he kicked the ball into the... I think he got angry and he kicked the ball into the crowd. Yeah. And I think after that... um. I think he got booked for it. And he walked off the pitch, he was crying. He walked off the pitch and then their manager, I think his manager told him to stay on the pitch, stay on the pitch. Yeah, that's, that's just disgusting. I, I don't understand what, what coach would see a player going through that and think it's accessible for them to, to kind of... I know I know um, for certain, if that was Arsenal, that happened to Saka and, and, and Saka said he wanted to walk off the pitch. I know most of the Arsenal players would have walked off the pitch and Arteta would have made them walk off the pitch as well. Listen. I don't know that for sure. Let, all I'm going to say is this, yeah. If any of our players got racially abused and they're wearing our kit, I gotta add that as context because obviously it happened in England. But if they're wearing our kit in a, a game, home or away, or is in in the UK or overseas in Europe, and that happened to them, best believe retribution will come. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. It would not be taken lightly. It will be solved real swiftly, real quickly. Some people, somebody gonna get a beat. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but like. I just, just to throw this back to you, Mark, as like a, as like a final thought, like, because I always find this, this topic of racism in football to be so bizarre. Because even with Valencia, for example, they have black players for crying out loud. Like even mm. Ahmed Musa came out because the goalkeeper made a statement, you know, not all of us are racist and da, 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 da. Vinicius Jr. like to provoke situations. And da, 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 da. It's like, bro, shut up, man. <laughs> shut up. Because, because, you know, by that... Oh, Mm, because that is the same logic that people use to justify people getting raped. It's the same logic. Oh, they will dress certain ways. They deserve it. There's no justification for these things. None whatsoever. So if you're going to go on that, you cannot use that line of reasoning. He provoked people. I don't care how he played. He could do 25,000 rainbow sombrero flicks. Next time, defend him properly. If you need to block a man, block him. But it doesn't have to, you don't have to resort to racism. Like, not at all. If anything, laugh at every touch he does. Make him feel like, why are they laughing at me? That would be a bit more uncomfortable. Like, why do you have to go to the, why do you have to go to the lowest common denominator? But for you, Mark, what's like your kind of, when you think about this whole saga, thinking about where football has come from, where football needs to go, and the things that are ultimately holding it back, what's like your kind of summary thoughts on everything and where does the game go? Yeah, apparently um, Jurgen Klopp got fined £75,000 for making an angry comment about a referee after a football match. Um, so that's double what Valencia got fined for having racists racially abuse a footballer in their stance. So um, that, that's, the, that's the state of punishment in, in football these days. And I, I, think, I think the thing that's a little boring for me when it comes down to these topics is that I know that it's only going to be another good piece of content in 2024 that we're going to be having another hour conversation about when another player has been racially abused um, in a, you know in a year's time in another big pro, you know prolific 
football game. And why do I know that? Because it happened in every single year that's happened throughout. You know, we can we you know, look back at when Neymar was well, Danny Alves to Neymar to Richarlison to Bakaya Saka and the England boys to Trent and the Liverpool boys to um, Mbappe to Vin- Vinny Junior to Lukaku. It just it just goes on and on and on and on. But it's not just in football in which this issue goes on and on and on and on. It's in almost every sphere of life that this issue just goes on and on and on and on. And and I think I think at the end of the day, like football has to really really in all areas take a long hard look at what it wants to stand for. And what football has told me so far that it cares about is its image of not being perceived as racist more than it actually cares about being racist or racism. It it cares Mm -hmm. about uh, being a sport that's not perceived to be racist. So we wear the logos, we slap on the wristbands, we do the taking a knee, we we have the things that, that signal we are not racist, but don't actually do really anything, very little, to show that they are actually not racist or that they actually have a problem with racism. It's just doing things to placate people that are very uncomfortable with having hard, harsh truth and confrontations. Mm. This is all it is. And and we're at a point now where I'm not going to say we're tired, but you know what? There will come a time they're going to mess. They're going to pick on the wrong player, the wrong yep. player. There's going to be a Cantona part two, but this is not going to be a player running into the crowd, doing a little fly kick. That player will have people who come from really dark <laughs> places and are happy that their player, that their boy has made it far from somewhere in around the world, not necessarily from UK, but they've made it far in football. And they think they're going to sit back and let their person get, racially abused by some little weak sniveling little idiots mm. the retribution will come eventually but we don't want mm. it to get to that place no. we don't no. want to ever get to a place where people say you know what if the, if the governing bodies will not take things into do things properly we'll take things into our own hands, hands. and if you want to racially abuse our boy you can let the words come out of your mouth but it might be the last words you speak because your tongue might not be there anymore or you might have been speaking Spanish one day and so all of a sudden now you speak English <laughs> because the Spanish has been just sent Away from you through force, but um, yeah, I, I, like you said, Mark, it's just, it's just one of these topics that it's just so annoying to keep talking about. It doesn't matter in in all spheres of life. People just haven't. People just need to just get over themselves. Like having an issue with people for things that they genuinely cannot control. Like you cannot control. I mean, yeah, you can bleach your skin, but who's going to do that really? Like you know, it's not every day, right? We're born the way we are. We look the way we are. Why should we feel? uncomfortable being the way we look. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable the way you look. And no one's saying that any person who looks otherwise should feel uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, why are you so insistent to reduce to or result to that kind of basal crappy language just because you think you're going to get a rise out of people? It's pathetic. You know, at the end of the day, it's football. We want to enjoy the sport. We want to enjoy the sport when our teams are competing and trying to win stuff and enjoying it. We want to see players like Vinicius Junior doing really well. That being said, Vinny, if you feel like Spain ain't for you, I know there's a lovely spot for you. Red and white, I think will suit you quite nicely. There's a space for you on the left wing. You and Martinelli can kind of have your Brazilian little thing and figure out who starts when. But there's a spot for you there. If not, I'm pretty certain you'll look nice in red in Liverpool. And if those two options yeah. don't work for you, then, you know, there, there's always... Um, you could try France. <laughs> there's not really any other op- options in England really it's just those two colours really the red or red and white um, I know there's other colours in England like black and white there's also different shades of blue there's another red up north but I don't think any of those are viable options because one's a train wreck the other one's just getting started and the other one they spent a billion pounds but on crap so do you really want to go there? Oh my of course God. he does <laughs> And then, of course, there's Chelsea. So do you really want to waste your time <laughs> on any, any of those options? I, I don't think so. But look, you've got a choice. Have a word, there. Have and a don't word. go to Man City because that's just like a waste of time, really. It's, just, it's not worth it. You, you, it, will, it will beat the creativity out of you. Mm-hmm. But if you want to stay and fight the racists in Spain, by all means, do what you got to do. Uh, I don't recommend it. I think it's just a, a thankless task. But you know what? Big up the Brazilian government because that's what you call back in the beef or back in the fight. I mean, talk about putting your money, like putting political might where it counts. So next time, you know, anyone wants to make some kind of empty statements, like our former home sec, well, of course, she's not former. She's No, she's former. Woman. Like our former home secretary, Ms. Patel, when the boys got racially abused. If you're going to do something useful, do your job properly. 
and put some political might behind making a difference rather than just saying empty stuff that no one cares about. Anyway, we'll wrap up with something interesting. Not interesting, but we're going into the final game of the season. Yay! Liverpool can still make Champions League if Chelsea do them a big, big favour and punch the balloon that is Manchester United. <laughs> Whether they can do it or not, we don't know. Do you think you can do it? I look, of all the three games we got between oh, City, well, we couldn't be barely, couldn't get past City's B, so I'm not bothered about that. But I did say between them, United and Newcastle, I feel like United are the weaker link. They haven't been amazing this last half, few half of the season, you know, just kind of whisk, jogging their way to the top four where, you know, Liverpool and Newcastle are very much on like full speed. It kind of feels like they, they're there in spite rather than their actual good form. So it'll be lovely to kind of take something away from them and be like, you know, you ain't the finished article yet. Without without bacon rashes, you are nothing. So yeah, you know, that's, that's coming from me as well. So, you know, if you're going down, if we're going down, you're coming with us too. So, you know, enjoy Thursday nights once we get past. I think we could do it. I think we can. So there's no pressure. I mean, but we, we need something from you. We want to do that. We haven't been, well, you know what the funny thing is? We haven't beat them in ages. So, so you're due one. We are due one. And you right. never know. It could be. So Mark, we got your back, man. We've got your back. But Fingers crossed. Listen, listen, if you see Havertz, if you see Pulisic, if you see ZH, if you see Gallagher, if you see Kepa or Mendy, if you see Aspliqueta, yeah, you're screwed, mate. Don't say I didn't warn you. So basically, you say that, look, we, we can't help. <laughs> We're going to see some of those players. Definitely. Um, obviously, there's a massive game at the bottom of the table coming up at the world. Massive games at the bottom of the table coming, coming up this weekend because it's still all to play for. Um, let's just quickly bring up the Premier League table because I'm quite I'm quite intrigued by how things have been playing up. So right now, Southampton we know are gone. Good riddance. Bye but please, bye. but come back next season. Obviously, you know, via the playoffs, we've got to sweat a little bit. Um, <laughs> Leeds and Leicester both on 31 points. Um, Leeds with a very heavy goal difference of minus 27. Leicester got minus 18. Everton above them on 33. Nottingham Forest are officially safe. You're welcome. You owe us six points next season. That's what I'm going to say. And in a year's time, Gibbs White. But we'll talk about it another time. Um, but yeah, so two from three. Everton, Leicester, Leeds. That's it. We're going to lose a team that we really like. And Mark, you might lose your six points a season guarantee. <laughs> but um, I want to start with you, Craig. Do do you think the bottom three is going to who's is going to stay as it is? Is in Southampton, Leicester, Leeds down, Everton survive, or do you think Everton will make the drop? And if Everton do drop, which of Leeds or Leicester survive? Well, Everton got on Sunday. Very Bournemouth. good. Bournemouth, 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 Bournemouth. 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 Everton yes. have Bournemouth. Everton, Leeds what the- have Spurs at home yeah, and Leicester, Leicester have West Ham at home. Well, I look at it like this. I think Everton have no Carver-Lewis injured again, so they're going to struggle yet again. No striker again. He comes back from fitness, he gets injured again. Comes they got, back they got injured. Neil Mopo. Who? Mopo. Him? Yeah. Him? <laughs> okay, fine. No, 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 no. no. All right, cool. They've got no strikers then. Not good ones. Um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, maybe, I think Everton will get a draw and they'll just stay up. Leeds against Tottenham. Tottenham will turn up somehow. They always turn up for some sort of weird reason. They will turn up. Final Leicester, game of the season. Leicester, West Ham. Mm. West Ham don't need to, I mean, West Ham have the Europa Conference League final coming up. So, so they so probably they, won't play they, any significantly good player. They might rest their players, isn't it? They might rest Declan Rice and all them players. Yeah. I wouldn't play anyone significant yeah, in true. a game like that. You don't want to get injured for the big final. So. It's not worth the risk. So maybe Leicester might win that one then. If they're not going to pick their, big, their strongest team, the Leicester will win. Matt, who who you think is going to survive it? It's tough. It's I very hard to pull. It. I want it to be Leeds because I see them beating Spurs. Yeah. Like with Nottingham Forest, it was always going to come down to their home games, but they simply just don't score enough. And I think they changed over the goalkeeper a little too late. They changed their manager a little too late. Ah, I can, I, so Leicester and the thing, I can see, I've got a funny feeling, I think Leicester, Leicester could just, 
just sneak out just a little bit because that point against Newcastle on Monday was quite vital. I think Everton are prolonging the inevitable. The inevitable. They got that lucky point against Wolves on Saturday. Of all the teams I see doing the most, I do see is Leicester. That being said, if Leicester, even if Leicester do stay up, that team will be very unrecognisable next year. They're barely recognisable this year. Vardy will probably retire. They lost the likes of, um, what do you call it? Casper um, Schmeichel. Um, Fafana. Fafana. Um, Tillemans is going. Tillemans will go. Madison. Madison will 100% go. Maybe Barnes. How even they can actually, because they'll lose a lot of their players mm. if they stay up. So... I think I can see Leicester staying. I don't want. I, I want. I want it to be Leeds because we could be getting joined possibly, possibly by another old school Prem team, which is Coventry. Ooh. We could be joined. So the heritage is coming back. The heritage is very much coming back. All we got to do now is wait for Sheffield Wednesday in a couple of years' time, and the set is complete. So Middlesbrough as well. Middlesbrough, he's come Next back. Year Sunderland come as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Charlton. 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 Oh, Charlton I love, before Sunderland. I love yeah. Charlton, Charlton's comeback. So. And Bolton as well. They've been the Boltons. Not for you guys. We're talking Premier League heritage, not clubs that we don't want to see ever again. <laughs> so, but, but I want to... Yeah, Leicester. Yeah. I think Leicester are up. Uh, and as for you, Mark, what's your what's your perspective? And have you got any questions to round up for the pod as well? Yeah, look, I, I think, I think um, all three teams could win. The weekend, in all honesty, um, you know, I think Everton playing Bournemouth at home is a good place to be. Bournemouth, the season's over, they're safe, they don't really care. Um, I think Leicester playing West Ham, West Ham are going to rest their best players, you would think. And mm. Leeds playing Tottenham, Tottenham are Tottenham. Um, need I say more? Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I think all three of them teams could win, which would keep the table in the same position that it is, and and Everton would stay up, but. You know, I need my six points this season. So, you know, I'm going to be supporting my, my Merseyside boys at the weekend. <laughs> supporting with a very small C. S, rather. Very, very, very small. <laughs> like, supporting. It's like, Mar well... Marcus is going to do it like this. going to be like, yes. It's like, on, turn. it's like a win-win. If you get if you get battered, I can laugh at you. And if you stay up, I can laugh at you. It's like... <laughs> but yeah, um, what, what kind of last question have you got, Mark, just to wrap everything up for us today? Question number one. We've had a discussion this week. Bobby Firmino is leaving Liverpool. He is a Liverpool legend, Premier League legend. I have I have gone as far as saying that I think Robbie, Bobby Firmino is comparable to Dennis Bergkamp in his Premier League legendary status and legacy and type of player. Who do you think Bobby Firmino is most similar to? Um, and where would you put him on the legendary status in Premier League? football in Premier League history in one to two sentences each I'll go first I think he is most similar to Gianfranco Zola and with that in mind I think he'll land in the top 25 Premier League players of all time I can't put him any higher he's in the top 25 I can't go top 20 but yeah top 25 Matthew. Ooh. That's a that's a good one, man. That is a good one. It's Burkham, Zola. Oh. Can you come back to can you come back to me? I need to think I need to think about this. Yep. I need to think. Craig. I think he's similar to Burkamp. Impact. What he did with Chance for Liverpool. Um what I put him as ranking. I'll put him in the top twenty five as well. Yeah. Top twenty five family players of all time. Um, you know what? He's well. First and foremost, I'll say he's in the top. I'll make a nice round number, top thirty, because I think the, the list. Yeah. I think it's going when we when we talk about how we look at all time good prem players. That's always going to change every single year, and even in the last for when he arrived to when he's leaving now. You know, it's always going to change. But if anything, oh, this is going to sound really odd. I don't know if I can compare him to a Zola or to uh, 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 Burkamp. This is going to sound weird, but um, if anything, I'm going to compare him to someone like a Gundogan, someone who's just like a solid, rounded team player who's who can bring up a moment. Bit like Zola, bit like Burkamp, someone who comes up with something a little bit special and whenever you need them to do something, they'll kind of just do it. You know, he, you needed that draw against Aston Villa for... Um, 
to stay in hunt with the Champions League, they did it. Um, I'm thinking, you pretty much think of another time where he's needed something to do something and he's come on and didn't he score against you guys this year's this season as well mm-hmm. let's not talk about yep. his goals Arsenal if he needed to go against Arsenal he'll do it remember I said there's an eight minutes compilation of Robin Firmino scoring goals <laughs> against Arsenal I don't need to say any more eight minutes against my club <laughs> <laughs> just Arsenal uh, eight minutes eight minutes that is literally Mudrick doesn't even have an eight minutes take bruv damn <laughs> oh, man. yeah but yeah, yeah I mean it sounds and that's a good one yeah, it I think weird. Gundo is a good one. I think, I think I, good comparison. I, I just, I, I just see it. Just pops in my mind. So top thirty, I could compare to. He's a you. You give you give him like a. I don't know. I don't. You've given like some kind of commemorative plaque. Is what I mean. They'll right. get they'll get a plaque. No, I think that's a good one. I think I, you know, I, like I said, I'm going to go Bergkamp, but I would also probably put him around top thirty. I, I think that's a reasonable, a reasonable shout. Right. Final question. I got my two Arsenal boys here. Arsenal related question. Arsenal spent a record 248 days at the top of the Premier League table this season. No other team has spent that amount of time at the top of the Premier League without winning the Premier League. Did Arsenal bottle the Premier League title? Yes or no with a one sentence answer to clara- to give clarity and that's all. I'll start with Matthew, who's not the Arsenal fan. <laughs> um, you said last year about successful failure, where mm. you lost all your games but still managed to get Europe. This is successful failure on the max because you lost the league, but you got back into the Champions League. So I wouldn't be as harsh to say bottle. I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm going to call it successful failure to the max. Uh, my answer is no. I don't think Arsenal bottled the league. Um, I think it's disappointing how we fell away. But I wouldn't classify it as bottling because the expectations beginning of the season, we were nowhere near. That's my answer. Yeah, great. I don't think they bottled the league. I thought that Man City were just too strong in the end and they had they had the bet. They had the bet. They just they were just winning, winning. They have lost the game in a long time. So... I'll say that as Clive said and Matthew said that this season we uh, we expect we did over expect, expectation this season of where we're supposed to finish. Everyone didn't all the pundits thought we we're gonna finish outside the top four and we're done. We finished second. We challenged City for what for what for a whole season towards the till under the last ten games kind of fell off. So I'll say it's been a great season. To be fair, I want to say something else though, which is is in addition to my point. Do I think Arsenal have bottled it? No, but do I think that there is a problematic trend with Arsenal now in run-ins because this is two years in a row now where we've had something in our hands. Last season was Champions League through the top four places. This season was a title. Two years in a row, we've had something in our hands and we've not secured the thing. Mm. Now, you can look back on both of those occasions to a January transfer window. Now, I'm very happy with what um, Trossard, um, Jorginho have brought to the club and Kivior. Kivior is obviously, you'll see over time what that investment means. But we know Trossard and Jorginho were not first choice, Mm. right? And as well as they have performed, it makes you wonder how much better would the team have been if we'd gotten Mudrik in and Caicedo. As much as Mudrik has been inconsistent at at Chelsea, right? He had a very interesting debut where he made made Milner look really bad, but Milner's also old, so caveats, (laughs) right? But at the same time, when you think about the Arsenal squad, Martinelli's out injured now for the rest of the season. Obviously, got one game left. Trossard starts. He's not the same player. He doesn't have that explosive pace mm. as Mudrik would. So you can see the logic behind that decision. I can bring Mudrik in and he can keep us playing the same way we want to play. Caicedo coming in, same thing. When Thomas Partey, as he's had the last few, the last couple of months, he's just kind of fallen off a cliff physically and is stinking out the joint, stinking it out. You could bring Caicedo in and there's not a massive drop-off. Whereas with Jorginho, you play in midfield and you're just praying because the referee's outrunning him in games. Yes, there's one clip where he did he, he ran back and blocked a ball. But where was Jorginho when the clip started? He was already back, okay? So he's not run from the box to get back. He was already <laughs> in a good position to get back in to block it, okay? Let's just add that. So I think for Arsenal, that to me is a very concerning trend and it's something the manager has to address this coming summer. Because for me personally, if we go into next season and have the same thing happen again, i.e. we're top, 
and we throw it away, I think his job should seriously be under consideration because he will not, and it's a point you made, Mark, you made this, uh, I think maybe at the back end of last year, you had question marks over Arteta as the guy to take us to that next level. So far, he's making your question, he's making that statement look a bit like it's a question mark on your question mark. Because he's kind of, he's exceeding expectations in some ways, but the worrying signs are there. His inability to, to kind of mix things up when things aren't going our way. It's been an issue throughout his whole reign, barring his first season when we won the FA Cup. Although in that very same season, what was instrumental was in bringing in Smith Rowe, which he didn't want to do initially. We almost lost his job. No, second season, he brought in Smith Rowe, right? After he got rid of Ozil. Um, so there's there's a trend. And I really hope he learns from the pain of this season of missing out on, champ on winning the league. Yes, we've got Champions League. Yes, that was the target. But that was last season's target. So all you've done is you've just done what you should have done the year before. Well done. Well done. I'm happy. I'm happy with what we've, how far we've come. But at the end of the day, like, this is just not the way to do things. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll say this to, 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 to round it up. I, I, I think that for the fact that Arsenal spent 248 days at the top of the Premier League table, you go back and listen to me on this podcast anytime I've ever said anything about Arsenal. I never, I never, I never saw them as title contenders. I never saw them as a team that was going to win the league. And I've always been the one that's been quite critical of Arsenal in the progress on the pro the, the progress to you know winning the title ultimately or getting across the line. I just never thought it would happen. I've been proven right, and sadly because it's Man City who have won the title. Um, but I, I think there are question marks around whether or not this club are able to get across the line where it really matters at the big at the big times of asking. You had 50 points in your first 19 games, which is wow. absolutely ridiculous. You're on track for 100 points, which is Man City levels, Liverpool levels of, of years gone by. Now, I would say based on the actuality of what happened, Arsenal did bottle the Premier League. Um, but I will also say that caveating that I don't think I ever thought they would win the league because Man City are just that good. And I always saw Man City getting 90 plus points, whereas I didn't think this Arsenal team had it in them to be hitting 90 plus points. And fair play, 81 points. It's I, I like Matthew saying it's kind of like a successful failure in the fact that, you know, you've exceeded expectations but you've also missed out on what I think, you know, sitting top of the league rosily and comfortably for so long is obviously going to be quite disappointing. Yeah, it's very disappointing. It's um, it's like getting interrupted multiple times when you're trying to record a podcast. It's just frustrating. <laughs> but hey, you know, we live and you learn. Um, but yeah, like I said, I really, I really think that that's going to be the thing now for Arteta. He needs to learn this lesson really quickly because... In as much as, and I think winning the first FA Cup brought him a lot of a lot of goodwill, and rightfully so. I think the club has done an amazing job alongside Adidas, alongside you know reaching out to the fan groups and community partners to really kind of mesh everything together. Like Bukayo Saka's contract announcement video, I've I played it back like twenty times. Mm. It's just so well made, so simple, but so um so well made, and it's like they just get it. They have their finger on the pulse as to what matters for us as fans, as to what the community matters and what the culture matters. But I think now, Arteta said it himself, there's a six-point, six-phase plan and we're in phase three, which I'm hoping is not like Marvel in their movies because phase, phase four and five is looking very, very higgy-hagger. So let's make it not like Marvel. But yeah. at the end of the day, he knows what, what it means, what Arsenal really means, what success for Arsenal means. It's not Champions League football, it's winning stuff. It's not, you know, it's not, oh, we, we, we were there near, near the top team and then we fell apart. No, it's actually winning the thing. So I'm hoping that with that in mind, he will show the next level in development of him as a coach. But for me, there are warning signs and there are troubling parts to what he does and he needs to address them and fast. Because like I said, come the end of next season, if, we, if, if we're in another situation where we're in the, say we're in the quarterfinals of Champions League, mm. We're in the last eight of the FA Cup. Mm. And we are, say we're second, or game in hand on Liverpool and Man City are third because of the points deduction and everything. Yeah. But we've got, you know, we've got a game in hand on Liverpool. It's a two point gap. We win and we go above them. And we've got a European game coming up that following week. What is he going to do? 
and we've got an FA Cup game the following weekend, what is he going to do? Because that's what's really going to matter. How is he going to utilise these players? You know, if you know the the, the issues with Reese Nelson not signing a new contract, Smith Rowe being out of favour, Tierney maybe leaving, like all these things have happened because when okay for Tierney obviously he was injured a lot the first few seasons, so didn't really kind of show his value there, and we got a player in to rotate him in, uh, rotate with him, so we didn't have to lose him in the running, but then hasn't really helped. But ultimately, he needs to make sure he keeps these players on board and gives everyone adequate minutes. I said it before last week, there were games this season and Ketu should have started over Jesus. Nottingham Forest at home. Give the kid a start. Palace at home. You know, obviously games before the injury, right? Get, let him have a run. Let him get his fluency. Same with Nelson. Look at how good he's been when he's come on and, and getting him, getting minutes. He might not sign a new deal, but if he does stay, he needs to be starting games next season and not token gesture Europe Champions League, like token, obviously Champions League now. I mean, I almost <laughs> forgot. There's no token gesture games, but like not just like little rubbish starts here and there. Like let's give him minutes. Mm. Let him push the guys that are playing ahead of him. Let, let, the, let the squad know that at any moment it's a competitive thing, not a I'm happy to be here and I'll come on in the game and cost you guys three games in a row. Um, I won't name names, but anyway. <laughs> so yeah, um, but I think that that's where we'll leave it there. You know, like, um, like instead of the start, Arteta, we believe you're a great manager in, in the building and we think that you can take us to that promised land. And just like, the challenge I'm going to put to the governing bodies, I'm going to put it to you. Just prove it. And that's us signing out. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.